Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 89 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Samantha Jones. Samantha is the founder and CEO of Little Yellow Bird, a uniform company providing customers with complete transparency and workers with ethical employment opportunities. Little Yellow Bird was founded in 2015 and now supplies over 150 organizations in New Zealand, Australia, and the USA. Samantha's background is in supply chain management and served as a logistics officer in the Royal New Zealand Air Force for six years prior to setting up Little Yellow Bird. Samantha has a master's in international security, is an Edmund Hillary Fellow, and was recognized as New Zealand's Young Innovator of the Year in 2017. So on today's podcast, we'll discuss Samantha's insights into starting a social enterprise in the fashion industry. We'll get Samantha's thoughts and perspective on social innovation opportunities, and we'll hear what Samantha believes can be done to create stronger opportunities for positive social change. Samantha, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. So to keep things off, Samantha, could you please share a little bit about your background and what led you to working in the social enterprise sector? Yeah, so um, I was born here in New Zealand, but I grew up living overseas. I spent a lot of time living in developing countries. Um, and I, my school was right next to a river that garment factories were dumping toxic waste in. And I think that had like a big impact on me as a kid growing up and seeing that and wanting to do something that, you know, shifted that model. But I, when I finished school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Went to uni, just took a bunch of papers I ended up um, on a scholarship with the military, did that for about six years Mm. and learned a whole bunch about supply chains. And then when I left the military, I couldn't find corporate workwear that was organic or fair trade or or transparent. And so it was really to fill a personal need. I started Little Yellow Bird and we were originally a supplier of women's blouses Mm. and we kind of iterated on that and became what kind of we are now, more of a uniform company. Um, but yeah, that was kind of how, how we got started and it was all quite random really and kind of kind of makes sense in the end, but it wasn't wasn't like this intentional journey exactly. It was just kind of, yeah, luck and a bit of randomness I think that got us here. It's great to hear how you started. So tell us a little bit more about Little Yellow Bird then and the impact that you're having on the fashion industry. Yeah, so we are a company which specialises in organic and fair trade cotton products. So that means that not only are we using products that are made without chemicals or pesticides, but we also know where and how our products are made. So we trace them right back to source. We've got a production unit in New Delhi where our products are made, but we also have full traceability on the raw materials. So that's right back to the co-ops where the cotton is grown. And I think 
probably the main impact that we're making is we, we are just proving that you can have a uniform business that cares about ethics, that can make a profit, but still pay everyone in their supply chain a fair wage um, and do it in a way that's not, you know, damaging to the environment or the people involved. Mm. And it's, it's been obviously a really testing journey for you and I imagine a very rewarding one as well in setting up Little Yellow Bird. So what have been the biggest challenges then in setting up this social enterprise and how have you worked around them? Oh, honestly, there's so many and I think any business owner would say that it's just a constant cycle of ups and downs all the time. Mm. Some of our biggest challenges have probably been around communication, especially because we're working cross-culturally, different time zones. What I've found that has really benefited and helped is that I have spent significant amounts of time in India. So I'm there pretty much at least two or three times a year. Mm. Um, We've now got someone full-time on the ground over there. But I I think it would be impossible if we were just trying to do it remotely. Although there's a lot of, you know, advances in technology and we can do a lot over the phone or over the internet, you can't really beat, you know, that face-to-face interaction and building those relationships in person is super important, uh, especially in the industry and the country that we're working in. Mm, Most certainly. So communication's been quite a big issue for you? Yeah, I think it's been one that caused us a lot of problems at the beginning that we've sort of started to work out how best to communicate and what, you know, what how we need to communicate better. And, you know, it's just been a big learning process for us, really. Um, so I think that's been one of our key learnings is, yeah, being patient with that and just figuring out what, what works best and what doesn't. Mm, most certainly. So... In coming across to New Zealand, where you're based, last year your home nation hosted the Social Enterprise World Forum, and this year you're going to be a speaker at the World Forum in Edinburgh in September. So what are you most looking forward to, Samantha, about attending, and what was the key takeaway from last year for you? Yeah, I mean, I think like most conferences, it's actually like the people that you meet and the conversations that you have kind of outside of the specific main format so I think what I'm most looking forward to and kind of my key takeaway from the last one is almost the same in that you know you get to meet lots of really cool interesting people that are facing similar challenges and I think often when you're kind of building these businesses in isolation you can kind of forget that there are lots of other people going through all the same things so it's really nice to connect with people and learn from others. Yeah most certainly and would you say that Being a social entrepreneur then was a lonely journey for you at the start or did you feel connected from the beginning? Um, I think it depends what day you're talking to me because it kind of depends what's going on. I feel like it is a lonely journey and I think it still is and from from what I hear it kind of always is because often you're actually the only one that knows like the absolute like ins and outs or the real detail of some things and Honestly, sometimes I just don't have the energy to try and like explain it all to somebody else to then like even have that conversation. Yeah. But in saying that, there's also like there's definitely yeah, finding those other people in a similar similar boat to you that might not be able to like exactly empathise with the exact scenario, but can empathise with the general frustration or you know whatever it is the problem that you're trying to solve. Mm. Um. So finding those people have, has been really key. And building that that network, that support network, and yeah, that's been really helpful and yeah, made it a lot less of a lonely journey. But I think for me, it was just figuring out 
because you know the whole business thing is new to me as well figuring out like what I needed from a support network and you know who I needed on my team and like what skill sets balanced mine and all of those kind of things yeah totally so being based in New Zealand then how do you believe New Zealand's unique in the way that it approaches social enterprise and the types of opportunities that it can offer to change makers worldwide yeah I think just I mean, not specifically to social enterprises, business in general, I think is quite maybe a bit easier in New Zealand because people are generally really willing to help other people Mm. and we're quite a small population and so pretty much everyone knows everyone or you can get an introduction or a link to kind of almost anyone that you need to talk to through someone that knows someone that knows someone, like everyone's connected and I think that makes it really easy but I think people are also... You know, New Zealand is well known for being innovative. We, you know, have some of the highest charities per capita, I think. Like, we are a nation that kind of embraces that. Mm. And so I think in terms of social enterprise, it's also, like, quite a good country to try and start something that has a real social value because people want to see those kind of businesses succeed. And so we'll we'll go even that one step further to help you or give you advice. Mm, yeah, totally. So having been involved in the sector now then uh, for a good few years, how have you seen the social enterprise sector transform and change? And where do you see it heading into the future? Yeah, I think it's definitely still evolving. I think when we, you know, when we first started out, it wasn't probably a term that was understood as much or it wasn't mm. wasn't used we might have been maybe a little bit more unique there's definitely been a lot more businesses identifying as social enterprises now and I think we're starting to see more infrastructure and more buy-in and you know businesses that are adding into their procurement policies that they want to support social enterprises so there is that shift happening yeah. which I think is really important but at the same time like my ultimate goal what I really want to see would be that all businesses just operate like that like it's not actually like a these businesses are social like all businesses should really yeah. respect the people and the environment and the communities that they operate in it shouldn't be like this special category mm. um, I feel like you know, all businesses should do that. It should just be like, that's like the baseline. Everyone should have to be like that. Absolutely. I completely agree. So what advice then would you give to those listening who are keen to start a social enterprise? I would give two pieces of advice. One is to just start. So I feel like a lot of people I speak to, like myself included, there's like that risk of wanting to have everything perfect before you launch something or share an idea, but you can't get real feedback until your product or your idea or whatever it is is out there. And it's just never going to be perfect um, Mm. the first time. Yeah. And you'll be embarrassed by that first version, but that's okay because I mean, I look back on our first version of our website and our product and everything and I kind of cringe, but if we hadn't gone through that kind of awkward stage, then we wouldn't even have a business. So Mm. yeah, just, don't be embarrassed and just start. Yeah. And then my second piece of advice, I guess more in terms of the definitely the social side is that make sure you've got a really clear impact from the start. Like what is it that you're trying to achieve and like how are you going to measure that? And um, We've become quite good at measuring exactly what our impact is, but it took us a really long time. And I think if we'd spent longer right at the beginning, like we always knew kind of that we were about, you know, being environmentally conscious and paying fair wages but we didn't have any idea how to measure that at the start and yeah yeah, we can measure that and if we'd been able to do that from the start I think that would have accelerated our 
our growth and been able to enable us to tell our story better. Mm. Yeah, totally. I think that's a struggle that a lot of social enterprises face at the beginning, that, that whole measurement piece. So how are you guys measuring your impact at Little Yellow Bird then? Yeah, this is, has been something that's taken us a while to get to, but we're really proud we just recently released our first impact report. Mm. And so it looked at across all of our products, you know, we were measuring key three key things and that was how much how much labor was used so fair trade labor and um, how much water we saved and how many chemicals that were saved as kind of as a direct result of us choosing to use organic and rain fed cotton mm. and so we put that out for each product and then it was just simple math really relating it to how much we we had made and we were yeah we were were shocked actually by how much impact you can have in a relatively short period of time. So our stats were around 12 million litres of water um, and 12,000 kilos of chemicals that we had saved simply by choosing to use organic grain-fed cotton, which those are like quite big numbers really. Mm. Um, It all adds up pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And then by tracking that, I, I imagine that provides you with a really clear way to communicate that with your customers. Yeah, absolutely. And to be honest, we did create it for ourselves, but it has become this really actually great sales tool as well. So we can send it to customers and we can actually really clearly tell that story. Like if you choose to buy a hundred t-shirts through us compared to, you know, your generic run-of-the-mill t-shirt company, this is the type of impact that you're that that you can make. And I think that's really important because we all talk about, you know, social procurement policies, but it's often meaningless unless it's put in that sort of context and given some metrics and people can actually see it. And, you know, we provide little reports with each of our orders. So each customer can kind of see exactly what their purchasing decision, the impact that that has made. And that's really powerful. Mm, It certainly is. So what inspiring projects or initiatives have you come across recently which are creating some positive social change? Oh, there's so many to pick from. Um, Some of my favourite ones at the moment, one called Choice, which is a pay-with-impact model where they're essentially um, getting people to pay with their phones and eliminating transaction fees. And basically, it's kind of a Robin Hood model, I guess, where they take those transaction fees, which have traditionally all gone offshore in New Zealand to big international companies, and keeping them in New Zealand, but basically splitting that fee in half. So half of that fee going to a charity um, of the purchaser's choice and the other half, you know, as the merchant fee. So the merchant gets reduced fees, the consumer doesn't notice any additional cost but can actually make some impact with their purchase. Mm. I think that's really quite unique and innovative Um, and I'm excited to see where that one goes. One that I've been sort of helping out here and there, WA Collective, um, and they provide feminine hygiene products that are all reusable, so eliminating that single-use waste. Um, That's really typical in that industry Um, and I think that's also just – you know, so needed and just such a, like a revolution. Like, why are we using so much plastic? Like, yeah. there's there's a better way to do it. So I'm excited to see um, what happens with them. Mm. Um, and I'm also really enjoying lots of the like um, 
eliminating food waste, eliminating plastic, those kind of companies, yeah, anything in that space I'm, I'm really happy to get behind and learn more about. Yeah, well, there's certainly a lot of great stuff happening over in New Zealand, that's for sure. So to finish off then, Samantha, what books would you recommend to our listeners? Probably the book that's made the most impact on me recently was called Doing Good Better by William McCaskill. Mm. And it's got a bunch of different case studies in it and it's looking at how to effective altruism basically, but how can we ensure that projects that we're doing aren't having negative consequences or unintentional negative consequences or if we didn't do that, would that have happened anyway? And I think that's been a book that's really challenged my thinking and making sure that every decision I make or or the impact projects that I choose to invest in are actually making a difference. And Mm. are they projects that if I hadn't been there to fund them or to to support them, would they have happened regardless? Because if the answer to that is yes, then maybe that's not the the most effective use of my time. Like I really want to be involved in projects that just would not happen otherwise because I I just think that's such an interesting space to operate in. So, yeah, such a good read. Definitely recommend anyone working in this space to to have a read of that and read some of the case studies because I think it will help shape how you you think and how you question, um, yeah, everything really. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I'll stick a link through to that book at the bottom of the article. But Samantha, thank you so much for sharing your really generous insights and time today. I'll certainly look forward to meeting you at the World Forum in September in Edinburgh. And until then, we'll also look forward to seeing how Little Yellow Bird progresses and tracking you on your journey as you continue. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for your time. It's our pleasure. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.